0: You're listening to Grant Edwards, 88.1 FM, The Wireless, The World at Five.
1: Would you call yourself a socialist? Uh, no.
2: You've never told a
3: lie in politics? No. No. See, somebody sent me a video actually last Friday and it had you talking at the Socialist Community Oh, right, school. yes, yes, yes. Uh, and you mentioned the word comrade uh, about four times in a minute. What was that about? It
4: was a rally and I would have been about 25 years old. Comrade, 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 comrade. So comrade, 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 comrade. That was in 2009. Oh, well, I can't
5: remember which country it was in. Yeah. Has
4: changed since those days?
5: No, not
1: particularly. No. If you are caught in a lie or caught intentionally misleading the New Zealand public, how would you expect to be held to account?
4: Well, I actually believe that it is
2: possible to exist in politics without lying. We drum in that messaging around the dangers of COVID pretty diligently for a full two-week period of sustained propaganda.
6: There you go. Sustained propaganda. Sustained propaganda. That's what she's been doing. That's what she was doing the whole time, that three years, the six years that they were in... Our government, they it was, it was sustained propaganda. I can't believe that someone would go out and say that <laughs> at a press conference. Just go and say it. Morning, Digger. Morning, mate. How are you? You like your new microphone, don't you? I do. Yeah, I do. I just i pop a bit in there, they sounding trouble. I getting a bit close. Well, I'll turn you down a bit then. You're a bit loud. Uh, okay, mate. Well, what have we got coming up today? Well, we're going to be looking at a Telegram instead of...
7: Um, going through the mainstream quite so much. We'll do a little bit of that. We're going to steal a bit of news from RNZ. <laughs> I, I found a good spot. We can do that a little slightly. there.
6: And uh, what else are we going to do? Um, well, uh, We'll just play it by you, shall we? All right, mate. We'll just wing it. Five minutes past it's, uh, five. It is five. Gosh, yes, the world at five. The world gone mad. I see. Who put that up there? Did you do that? Yep, I like it. The world is mad. Run by the devil <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is too, you've been listening to me haven't you Alright mate, uh, let's get on with the show The show. Uh, we'll start off with what, what have you got lined up first of all Well I've got some news, Sky News, very good people
7: over there Sometimes they're a little bit too mainstream, sometimes um, You know, a lot of propaganda, a lot of disinformation But they're not too bad, especially the, the hosts, they're really good All right. let's hear the news.
8: New South Wales RFS officials have announced they will be sending resources to Victoria to assist with significant fire activity in the state's west. Ahead of forecast heatwave conditions and elevated fire danger throughout Victoria on Wednesday, this week the RFS will fulfil a request from Victorian fire agencies. Through the National Resource Sharing Centre, New South Wales will send five strike teams made up of 110 firefighters on a five-day deployment to Ballarat and Halls Gap starting tomorrow. A multi-agency incident management team will also be deployed. RFS authorities will also provide aviation assistance with a large air tanker and other aircraft which will be pre-positioned across southern New South Wales ahead of forecast conditions. The Prime Minister's overhaul of the Stage 3 tax cuts has failed to deliver a bump in support, according to the latest news poll. Ahead of the crucial Dunkley by election on Saturday, Labor's primary vote has dropped one point to 33%. The Coalition's primary vote remains unchanged at 36%. On a two party preferred basis, Labor maintained its lead over the Coalition 52 to 48. As preferred Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese improved a point, leading 47 to 35. Victoria's opposition to the Murray-Darling Basin plan has been criticised as weird and nonsensical. The federal government is preparing to table a Productivity Commission review of the strategy. The Environment Minister says the review endorses her revived plan, which aims to transfer more water from landholders to the natural landscape. All states have signed up to participate, except Victoria, over issues with water buybacks. The Adelaide Fringe is being accused of inflating attendance numbers in order to receive more public funding. The arts festival is one of the biggest in the world. It's reportedly seeking a further $4 million in state funding to help cover $12 million in annual expenses. Some are accusing fringe organisers of using free events and other long-running shows to increase crowd figures. Fringe organisers are rejecting the criticism, noting ticket sales... higher than this time last year. Confidential Treasury analysis has revealed decade-high wages growth is now the largest driver of consumer price inflation. The analysis showed labour costs constituted almost two-thirds of headline CPI in the year to June 2023. Pay rises overtook import prices and supply shocks as the main contributor. The analysis undercuts claims widespread corporate price gouging is to blame for inflation. Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky says 31,000 Ukrainian soldiers have been killed in the country's war with Russia. He used the announcement to counterclaim Russia's figures of Ukraine troop deaths, totaling hundreds of thousands. President Zelensky did not reveal the number of wounded, saying it would help Russian military planning. His address followed Ukraine's defence minister calling out Western allies for delays in military aid. The EU announced some promised aid would not be there until the end of 2024. Multinational talks in Paris have outlined a potential ceasefire in Gaza, including the release of hostages held by Hamas. A senior Israeli intelligence delegate met mediators from Egypt, Qatar and the US to discuss a deal. Egyptian media reports further talks will be held in Qatar between the parties and Hamas. Israel estimates 130 hostages remain in Gaza. Benjamin Netanyahu and US National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, have confirmed a deal is in the works but didn't specify any details. You can now subscribe to stream Sky News' channels and shows anytime for $5 per month. Visit skynews.com.au forward slash stream.
9: A better business tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to TNTradio.live. When news breaks...
3: Winds gusting 60 and 80 knots out there. We take you there.
5: 5,000 requests for help.
10: Live. It's going to come up around about my waist if I continue to stand here. First, with breaking
5: news... Open the front door and thought, oh my God. Trees that have fallen, cars that have been caught up in flooding water.
3: Anytime.
11: time... are just going to take you live now to Parliament House.
3: Anywhere. <laughs> live now to Outer Space by NASA. Breaking news happens here. New.
6: Yeah, breaking news. Sky News. This is not. This is uh, the wireless, and you're listening to Liberty NZ. It's just gone ten past five. Very good morning to you. Let's look at the extremes right across New Zealand now. Napier, twenty point three degrees, the highest at the moment. Hokitika, 9.3, that's our lowest, the windiest place to be is Lyle Bay, of course, 33 kilometres of wind, if you don't know where Lyle Bay is, well it's in Wellington, and Wellington is near the bottom of the uh, uh, the North Island of New Zealand, not about 60 minutes um, south of Levin, me, my hometown, oops, sorry about that, uh, the hometown, bit of a pop there, I'll have to organize, I'm a bit out of practice there, Digger, yeah we are a bit out of practice there. Right, now, um, Tauranga, it's wet there That's the only place that's really, really pouring down at the moment Five millimetres per hour of rain coming down in Tauranga Did we say Tauranga? Yes, we did, didn't we? Yes, Tauranga It's not how you pronounce it, but it'll have to do Yep, it'll do Now, the short forecast for Northland to Taranaki Including, I got that right, didn't I? You did, not too bad You have to brush up on your tarao. Your what? Your Tareyo What's that? Maori language. Oh, why don't you just call it what it is, Chinese? (laughs) No, (laughs) call it what it is, the Russians speak Russian, don't they? So why don't the Maori speak Maori? Because it's not what they call it, they call it Tareo. Oh, all right. Um, North into Taranaki there, including Central High Country, fine spells increasing and showers mostly clearing as well. However, showers lingering about Taihapi and inland Taranaki today. For the Bay of Plenty, rain possibly heavy, easing to isolated showers this morning and then clearing this evening. For Gisborne and Hawke's Bay, scattered showers, possibly heavy this afternoon. For to Wellington, also for the Waira Rapid, isolated showers clearing to mainly fine spells this mor- z- morning. Uh, you've got, um, who's that character? I don't know, mate. Bl- 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 we'll have to develop that one, won't we? Yeah, we? yeah, we will. You have to develop it. Isolated showers clearing to mainly fine this morning. One or two showers north of Capity late this evening. For all of the South Island except for Fiordland. Yeah, and where else? Oh, let me guess. Stewart Island. Yep, Stewart Island. Cloudy periods, scattered showers developing in the south and east uh, from Kaikoura to Southland this morning and afternoon. For the area of Fiordland and Stewart Island, there we are, periods of rain. Periods of rain with um, clearing uh, the mainland this evening. There we are. How about that? What about the Chathams? Well, yeah, we'd not forget our friends on the Chathams. Rain developing this morning and easing later. Would you have an extended forecast? And just because I'm doing a bit of work on the, um, on the tractor and I just
7: want to know what's going on. You know, just have a quick cough before you go and do anything. Ah, oh, yeah, that's better, isn't it? Yeah, could you do something about like, extended? All right, well,
6: we'll do extended forecasts. We'll have a look t- tomorrow. Today is Tuesday. So tomorrow you can expect showers about the eastern and southern parts of both islands, mainly fine elsewhere, but uh, but with isolated showers in the inland area in the afternoons. Uh, you can expect showers in the east of the North Island on Thursday, mainly fine elsewhere, but isolated showers uh, in inland in the afternoon for the South Island. Fine for most uh, on Thursday. Uh, showers along the Kaikoura coast late on. Uh, we well, oh yeah. So. Uh, so Get it right, mate. Don't you pre-read the stuff? No, I don't. <laughs> I just look at it. And sometimes the eye won't move ahead. I, I don't know, it's this Lex Dexick thing I've got. Okay, for the North Island on Friday, early showers about Hawke's Bay and Gisborne, clearing, fine weather elsewhere. And uh, in the South Island, you've got rain about the Fjordland area. Do you mind not doing that, Digger? Do you mind not lighting up in here? Go outside. All right. I'm sorry about that. Um, right, yeah, for the North Island, early showers on Friday for Hawkes Bay and clearing on, in Gisborne. Fine elsewhere. South Island rain about Fiordland and scattered rain spreading. It's really pouring down there, isn't it? Now at the moment, it's not going to be too good. South uh, Southland and also uh, Westland as well. Fine elsewhere. Now the Chatham's. Now, Digger, come back. <laughs> you, you want to hear about the Chatham's? Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. What's happening there? Well, long-range forecast for the Chatham Islands rain with strong south-easterlies tomorrow. And then you've got showers and fresh southeasterlies continuing all the way through to Thursday and Friday. All the way through. All right, you go out and have your smoke. And um, how's your tobacco growing coming on?
7: Oh, it's good. Yeah, but it takes about six years uh, because you've got to cure it. And you got to cure it. You've got to hang the, hang the tobacco up, up the wrong way. Well, you know, hang it upside down with a stalk. And uh, you, then you've got to keep it for about six years uh, and you've got to have the the right humidity, and yeah, it's just got to be right. it just takes a while. So it'll be a while before I'll be ready to roll roll some uh, cigars for you. I've just also I've got to have, put, put an ad out for could you could you do a shout out for? We need some virgins to roll uh, cigars on the thighs of some virgins because that's apparently the best one. The best Cuban ones are rolled
6: on the thighs of uh, virgins. So yeah, all right, mate. Okay, you go out and do, and do whatever you got to do. Ground yourself. Uh, there's a lot to be said for grounding, isn't there? Yes. Oh, yes. I'm a great believer in getting the toes on the grass. Right. Now, but let's um, see what else is happening here. Um, what have I got? Um, i got something coming up. Anyway, I'll tell you I'll tell you shortly.
9: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important yeah, information to the public free of charge. This is not possible yeah. without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and yeah. our freedom, and donate today. Simply go yep. to TNTRadio.live.
6: Yep, man. Edwards, oh. eighty-eight
0: point one FM, full wireless.
6: Thanks, Chris. Oh, there well, we go. We must well hear this.
0: I saw her face. 啊<音> I'm
6: can't really beat it, can you? the old smash mouth. <laughs> I quite like it. I don't know. Do you prefer the smash mouth digger, or do you like the old monkeys? Hey, where's that, what, you dropped your filter down there. Look, pick your filter up. You don't want to be, this dirt on the floor. You don't want to be smoking cigarettes with dirt on the floor. We haven't vacuumed for about three months. So we better do some vacuuming. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we do
7: some vacuuming? Well, I find it doesn't get any worse after about six months. The dust just seems to stay at the
6: same level. Just leave it. Just leave it alone, don't worry about it. All right, mate. Yeah. yeah. I like I like you. I like living with you. People think we're homos, you know.
7: <laughs> do they?
6: Yeah, they do. Oh, they're funny. I mean if they take one look at you, they'd know. <laughs> I don't even think the the boys would be interested in you, would they? Yeah, don't be so rude. Okay, well, do you think that the smash mouth is a bit of a rendition or or do you prefer the monkeys? Let's have a listen to the beginning. Now, okay, so that's, and that's the, what's his name? That young fellow that he died last year, that wasn't it? Um, Davy Jones. But I, I think this one sounds better. I, love- I think it's a bit more up marker, don't you think? Hear, hear, hear that again. This is the monkeys. I, is- I think his voice is a bit light too, I've got to tell you. But when we loved it back in the day, and here's the smash mouth. I mean, this is slightly up tempo. And I think his voice is better. I love that, man. I could just hear that over and over again. Let's put it off to one side here. Oh, gosh, there we are. And also, look, hey, have you you rung your father digger? Oh, no, I haven't rung. Well, you better ring him because, you know, you just don't know when they're going to kick the bucket, mate. So ring them because, you know, we we don't have them for long and you need to do it in the living years.
3: You just can't get agreement Don't give
6: say it loud say it loud and talk to your mum and your dad while they're still on the on the earth <laughs> don't wait till they've gone it's too late when they've gone now we have uh, Katie Hopkins coming up in just a moment and then boy I'll tell you what the irish they are not taking any prisoners over there at the moment let's uh, let's find out what's happening with the irish it's 27 minutes past 27 minutes past five. Now, the Irish fight back against weaponized uh, Islamic immigration. That's what it is. No one's saying that it's Muslims that are coming into the country and uh, trying to replace uh, the Western – they're trying to replace Westerners. That's what's going on because uh, they breed like flies, don't they? They have five wives and they have eight children on average in Europe, eight kids per family. Imagine the. Can you imagine the um, burden on the taxpayer – to keep these people afloat. Uh, Anyway, the erasure of national identity is what it's called. It's a top priority for the globalists. Uh, As such, weaponized immigration and population replacement with Islamic blimmin' terrorists is a tool used in order to legitimise the push for a one-world government. Ironically, while making a A show of pushing for the rights of the so-called indigenous populations around the world. It's not just Maori. It's happening all over the world. Australia with the with the Abos over there, and they've got the Indians, the Red Indians, doing the same in America. It's happening everywhere. This is a globalist trick. The globalists are simultaneously trying to erase the native populations of Europe. They're doing it here as well. Uh, This uh, are they doing it here? Well they're trying to get them to say that everything that's European or British is bad. Now, this is a fact, however politically incorrect or unwoke it is to say so. While this agenda has been rolled out in countries such as uh, such as where uh, Sweden, they have been doing it, which is now known as the rape capital of the world. And But there's no mention of the fact that they're all Muslims, that this is the problem. It's Muslims that are coming in. They say, oh, the Nigerian man, but he's a Muslim, <laughs> you know. Uh, that's the problem. They Say what it is. Say what they are. They are Islamic people coming in, and they believe the Koran, which was to kill all of you non-believers, all of you. That's me included. Uh, a friend of mine had a T-shirt, and on the T-shirt it had a dotted line up around the collar. It said, cut here. He was, (laughs) he's no longer with us. Reuben Israel. If you haven't seen Reuben Israel preach, you want to go and go onto YouTube and look up Reuben Israel. And uh, man, that guy is incredibly... Just a wonderful guy and a very intelligent man as well. And uh, he had good relationships with the police as well. Uh, very good. Very good. Great role model for other preachers. Uh, you know, let's just hope things don't fall apart now that he's gone with um, street preachers. Uh, and uh, what do they call them now? Oh, there was a name. You know, I, I love him. I love that guy. Uh, well, this, this agenda, we're getting back to this. This is Ireland. We're going to play a clip in a minute with um, some people, what they're saying. They're not taking any nonsense. Not like us. We're just allowing it to happen. Three hundred people have just come into the country. I'll guarantee they're all mus- Muslim. They're going to be working in the um, uh, pfft, um what is it, milking? Uh, well, to do with agriculture anyway. Three hundred scattered throughout the country, you know, and they bring. I don't. They say they're just coming over on their own, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, three a lot. And and you know, when you can't even get to the hospital or get a doctor's appointment, uh, we don't have room for these people. We certainly don't, because the ones that we've got here sitting on their bums doing nothing, collecting the dole. That's what we call it for you younger listeners, the dole is the unemployment benefit, and that's what it's called. We call it the doll, don't we do go, yep, she's the doll, and uh, so those people there still have they're still seeing doctors and going to hospitals and things, so we need to just get them working, and they'd be better working if they were working and eating more meat, they'd be healthier, and they'd be happier, mentally happier, and uh, much better than just you know sitting at home, doing nothing, getting into trouble. The devil finds work for idle hands now. While this agenda has been rolled out in countries such for, for many years such as Sweden, uh, it says that yeah, that's the cap- the rape capital of the world. It is now being felt by the Irish, a people who have been persecuted for centuries. They say, I don't know if I hundred percent agree with that, but you know, well, they've been persecuted. The British were pretty tough on them, um, and so but they've always fought back, haven't they? The Irish, the backlash against weaponised immigration, however, is a grow is growing in Ireland. They're fighting back, and boy oh boy, to the Irish know how to fight so let's uh, let's look at that right now let's look at it right now we'll give katie a miss
8: i feel very threatened i'm afraid to go out on my own my sons won't let me go out on my own
1: ireland's anti-immigration backlash has spiraled into countrywide unrest in recent months after a sharp rise in the number of foreigners arriving onto its shores Unfortunately, I think Ireland is becoming the new Sweden. Protests, arson attacks and hardening anti-immigration views have transfused Irish politics with a further not seen since the Troubles. How long are you going to stay out here for?
11: As long as it takes.
1: My name's Michael Murphy and I went to Ireland for the Telegraph to find out what Irish people make of the growing strife. I started my journey in Dublin where hundreds of people turned out for an anti-immigration march.
8: We're just fed up with the Irish government. We're just fed up with them. It's like a mass plantation, what they're doing here. There's so many unfettered male people being brought over to this country. And they're planting them all in around schools, parks. And we're all feeling very unsafe. We're, We're worried for our children.
0: We cannot sustain a huge number that that level of, of, of foreign people living in the, within the borders of this country. Many of which are living off social welfare because they're being because they've been attracted here because of the uh, loose welfare laws and immigration laws of the state. Look
4: after the Irish. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Look after the Irish.
3: Just messing around with our heads, this whole government, and I don't trust what's going on. I just want to. I, I think there are. Public Puppets for other powers, the elites, you know, the who, and you know all the rest of it, and possibly even King Charles. Just uh, puppets for somebody else, and they're not caring for the old, our own people.
11: But well, the Irish and the long-term homeless here from all over the world are living and sleeping in the streets. The council come and take their their tents and burn their goods or dump them. And these people are on the housing lists 20 and 30 years. But if you come in here off a plane with no passport, uh, you're safe. It's just not right. So there. Call, and to anyone listening to this, call me what the hell you like. Little do I care.
1: Some people have described marches like this as far right.
10: Are you far right? No, I am a concerned father. I have three children, I have two daughters and I have a son. Eleven, nine and seven. That's why I'm here. I, oh, listen, the mainstream media don't report on what goes on really in these areas. There's kids being abducted, there's kids being assaulted, there's kids being raped, there's women being raped and the mainstream media will not report on it.
1: To find out more about where the anger is coming from, I went to a traditional Irish pub in the heart of Dublin to sit down with dissident journalist Ben Scallan.
12: The issue of immigration didn't really come up much in Irish politics. I think we're probably unique in the sense that it's, it's been a major election issue in the UK, in Germany, in America, but across the Western world, while this conversation was unfolding... Irish people haven't really discussed it at election time. And then now, I think around 2019 or 2018, that sort of time period, we saw the beginnings of protests uh, uh, around asylum centres being moved into local areas. And I think that's simply due to A significant uptick that we were seeing where it was it was far bigger numbers than what we had experienced previously.
1: And why do you think the government has made Ireland's borders more porous and has as you said rung the dinner bell for um, you know asylum seekers and other migrants around the world?
12: I think that the Irish government is primarily concerned with appearing to be a modern European country and they admire their European colleagues, they admire countries like uh, Scandinavian countries like Sweden and so on that are progressive and very uh, uh, trendy, I suppose, if you want to put it that way. Unfortunately, I think Ireland is becoming the new Sweden in a way because the same way people used to talk about Sweden several years ago, that it was this country that was totally off the rails, they've got total strife, total ghettoization. It seems like we want, having seen the failure of that policy in countries like Sweden and in countries like Germany and France, we want to
1: replicate it for some reason that I don't quite understand. The Irish government has bussed refugees often at night and with little warning into towns like Roscray, sparking local anger and weeks-long demonstrations. I went to Roscray. where locals have been protesting for three weeks outside the town's only hotel. Closed down last month after the government struck a deal with its owner to house more than 160 asylum seekers there.
11: I am out here, first of all, I'm a mother. um, And I'm very, very concerned about the level of migration that's happening into our town. We are one of the smallest towns in Tipperary, and we have 85% of international protection applicants. That's a huge number for any town, but for a small town like Ross Grey that doesn't have any resources, we have over a 1,000 IPAs in town. There's only 5,500 of a population in this town. That's a huge amount to expect anybody to take on.
1: Some people have said that um, the town has changed um, over the last few years. They're yeah, scared mass- to go out at night. Um, the uh, playground is left um, yeah. without children. Yeah. No, no people want to go there anymore. Why is that?
11: Well, <clears throat> I think a lot of the thing is, and here again it's the arrogance of the, of the men that are bringing them into the town, they don't provide any services for them. There's no recreational activities. So you have groups of 10 and 15 IPAs standing around in groups now let it be said if that was 10 or 15 irish men standing around in groups i would be intimidated but you're when you're walking past a group of men and they're saying something to you in a different language and you don't know what they're saying it's obviously it's very very intimidating there's women older women and men here who won't go to collect their pension on a friday morning in town because the post office outside the post office is where they gather Now, I'm not saying these men could be... You know, they're probably really, really nice lads, but any group that gathers in 15s and 20s is going to be intimidating.
1: While the protests have been mostly peaceful, some have turned violent, including in Dublin last year, where riots broke out after three young children and a woman were stabbed, allegedly by a man of Algerian origin.
6: Muslim. Yeah, allegedly by a man of Algerian origin you hear that he's actually a Muslim 26 minutes away from six o'clock and we'll have uh, some news we'll find some news from somewhere at the top of the hour we're just negotiating with TNT <laughs> We'll see how we get on uh before we do anything further I want to bring your attention to a pro vaxxer by the name of Scott Adams and um, he th- this actually I think I've had, this is a little bit old but it just got sent to me last night he says you've won you've won completely. I did not end up on the right pla- in the right place, he says. The right place would be natural immunity, no vaccinations. That's Scott Adams. We'll hear from him from the horse's mouth himself in just a moment. But before then, uh, before that, let's have a listen to Katie Hock and see what she's on about. Citizen Army. Good, good luck with that. And
2: in final news, General Sir Patrick uh, Sanders says he wants to build a citizen army to help push back against the Russians. Good luck with that, sir. After what you've done to real men of this country, all you've been left with is little people who don't know what a woman is cry at the first sign mm. of a cold and have only ever used their hands in order to apply moisturizer, <laughs> makeup or lube. So I don't know what citizen army that you're yeah. going to be building, sir, but I wish you all the very best. That's the news you need out of batshit bonkers Britain.
6: Katie Hopkins, and you can hear on TNT at 9 o'clock Greenwich Mean Time, 9pm at night. Now, the thing they don't have to worry about is the thing I have to worry about, says Scott Adams. Uh, what will happen in, say, five years? So listen, let's listen to this pro-vactor Scott Adams admit that we, uh, what we know, that we didn't win, however... Uh, we all tried warning. It's not about winning and losing. He thinks it's a, you know we're winning. <laughs> we're not. We just tried to warn you because we actually care about you. We cared about you, Scott, and we cared about other people that are taking that jab. That's why we said it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, um, a right or wrong issue. It's not a matter of that. It's a matter of love for your fellow man. So let's hear from Scott Adams anyway. It's quite an interesting. Two-minute clip.
10: Having said as clearly as possible that the anti-vax people seem to be the winners... I want you to hear that clearly. The anti-vax people appear to be the winners. The anti-vaxxers clearly are the winners at this point, and I think it will probably stay that way. And And I don't want to put any shade on that whatsoever. They came out the best. They, they have the winning position. The unvaccinated have a current advantage. Because they, they feel better. The, the thing they're not worrying about, is what I have to worry about, which is I wonder if that vaccination five years from now, because really the anti-vaxxers I think were really just distrustful of big companies and big government. That's never wrong. It's never wrong to distrust government. It's never wrong to distrust big companies, right? So if you just took the position, let's just distrust everything the government did, well, you won. You won. <laughs> you won completely i did not end up in the right place agree you would all agree with that right i did not end up in the right place the right place would be natural immunity no no vaccination you should take victory and i should take defeat we can agree on that right that that my position is now the weakest and and your position has gone from the weakest to the strongest And that we can just say that's true. The people who didn't get acts are absolutely in the winning position. You win. You win. You are the winners. You are the winners. Let me say that part with no ambiguity. You won. You won. Uh, all, All of my fancy analytics got me to a bad place. All of your heuristics, don't trust these guys, it's obvious, totally worked.
6: Yeah, he's right, isn't he? That's Scott Adams there. He was a pro-vaxxer. But, you know, it's big of him. I don't agree with his winning and losing business, but it's big of him to come out and say that. Wouldn't it be good if Sean Plunkett from the platform or that other half-wit Michael Laws, wouldn't it be good, you know, because it's, it's right in front of them, isn't it? You know, we're, it's just like we've come up and we've spat on their shirt, a dirty great hoik. <laughs> right on his shirt and he's looking at it there you know to, to, this is what we're trying to do to get the people's attention isn't it sort of figuratively and um, you know they know so it's obviously it's really clear he knows he's got a bit gooby running down his t-shirt uh, but they're just pretending that it's not there uh, as far as the whole fax things goes but the, the problem is with, um, with Plunkett and, and Laws because all the, all the good people there have actually either been sacked or left uh, because they weren't allowed to speak freely and there was quite a quite a list of them. I think even Br- um, Paul Brennan was one of them. And I'm, I th- aren't they related or something? I'm thinking. I thought um, Paul Brennan and um, uh, what's his name, um, Sean Plunkett. I thought they were related, but they weren't. If you haven't heard the interview, that well, it's sort of like a, it's a call that um Justin Pierce made with uh Plunkett. <laughs> it's a good one. I might see if I can dig it out. I'll play it. I won't play it recently. i played it the other day. But um, we'll find that it's about seven minutes. I can't believe that Plunkett left him on the line as long as he did. But, boy, he really hammered it home that it seems as though the right foundation, not the foundation but because that's just one of them, but the right family are uh, f- financing uh, Sean Plunkett. And uh, they must have—they must be tied up. They've got Susie Wiles in there. who she? She's a propagandist, a disinformationist for the government and the Ministry of Health. <laughs> she, the pink-haired beach whale, as John Ansell calls her. Uh, yeah, he does. Fourteen, sixteen minutes away from six o'clock. Gosh, it's early, isn't it? The moon's out, isn't it? Lovely. Ooh! <laughs> I wonder what was wrong with me. Yeah, it's almost a full moon. It'll be a full moon tomorrow night, won't it, digger? Yes, yeah, I like a full moon. You do? Yeah, I do too. Um, right. So that's Scott Adams, and um, and we're about and all the other people that are pro-vax. I mean, surely they've got to wake up. But, you know, and the other thing is Radio New Zealand and uh, all the mainstream media, they're still pushing the government line. It's as though the government's got them by the short and curlies. <laughs> Just, they're not allowed to – because obviously there's still money being fuddled to them. You know, that what do they call it, the journalism fund? And it's it's more than $55 million. It's way more. It's gone well past that. So they can't afford – they can't afford to say the wrong thing. They have to stick with the groupthink if they want a job. If they, <laughs> otherwise, they'll be fired like we were fired, eh, eh Digger, <laughs> for saying what's the, what the truth is. We've always been fired, haven't we, for talking, speaking out? So it costs you, doesn't it, to t- speak the truth? It always costs you. Okay, let's uh, go back to... Uh, where, where should we go? Should we have a look at... Oh, no, hang on. Now, this is very interesting. Did you know... That if you, I've just pasted this on the Facebook page, and uh, thanks very much, Digger, for putting giving this one to me. This is from Kevin McCracken of Starve the Beast. Now I think he's on Facebook, but I'm pretty sure he's on Telegram as well. But anyway, uh, how do, oh, I think I got an email? So yeah, get get on your, his email list, Starve the Beast. Now, do you own your own motor vehicle? The answer is no, you don't. We think because we change the registration, uh, the registration owners, we now own the automobile. I like the way he says that, Uh, but we don't. NZTA, that's New Zealand Transport Association website, says this. Make sure you know your registered person responsibilities. So it's not your ownership. (laughs) They've changed the whole idea of your ownership papers to registered person's responsibilities, registered person's paper. When you let us know you've bought a vehicle, this is the NZTA, Will record you as the registered person. Now, person is a, is a word, it's a legal word, not a, not a lawful word, but a legal word. It basically means you're part of the corporation, you're a corporation. That's a corporate word. So when they say you're a person, because you're not, you're a living man, aren't you? You're not a person. Person is in legal terms and legalese means you are a corporate entity, you're a dead entity. Now, if they say here that you're the registered person in in the Motor Vehicle Register. That's the person responsible for the vehicle, but isn't the same, this is what they're saying, isn't the same as the legal owner we don't deal with legal ownership. That's what they said. And that's over at nzta.gov.nz, vehicles, buying and selling a vehicle, forward slash, buying a vehicle. Now, Kevin McCracken, he says, and I've had him on the program, had a great interview with Kevin there a while back. I don't know where you find that. Oh, you might find it on Rumble. It'd be a long way back though, and it's important that everyone this is what Kevin says it's important that everyone fills in the form of statutory declaration to prove you are the owner of the chassis. The chassis number can be found in the engine bay on the driver's side firewall, it's an inverted stamp with letters and numbers. Now, write on the form without prejudice so that disputes can be handled out of court. Otherwise, they drag you through the court system and you go broke. You don't want to do that. So always write without prejudice. And he says here, uh, there's an, the attachment may have to be opened on a computer. So he's got an attachment there, and we've pasted it up on our Facebook page, Liberty NZ. There we are, Liberty LibertyNZ, yep, 17 minutes away from six. And uh, what else have we got coming up? Let's see. I'll see what I can bring you. Oh, more from Katie. Yeah. Right.
2: You guys want the Hollywood booby gossip. Here it is. At this point, for ITV to get rid of Holly Willow Booby would cost the earth. Can you even imagine reputational damage, you know, PTSD, the stalker, all the rest of it. Having to work with Alison Hammond. <laughs> so instead, they've put her back on Dancing of Ice. So the British public, we're like, what the fuck is she doing back? I thought they got rid of her. What's she doing? <laughs> she looks a bit like an ex-wife at a wedding, doesn't she? Kind of desperate and overdressed. <laughs> Or one of those patients she finds staggering around the wrong ward when they've taken too many Prozac. OK, off you go, back to where you should be now, Holly, OK. Meanwhile, the management are like, oh, well done, you did so great, so good to have you back, because they're worried about their bonuses. Meanwhile, BBC and ITV don't want to employ any men that might be a pedo-perv and stick their cock up a small child or waggle it round for OnlyFans, so they're exclusively employing Bradley Walsh or Stephen Mulhern or Steve Brad Walsh Hearn, as I call them, or their offspring, what's he called? Bernardo's. I don't know. Well, the kid, Bradley Walsh's kid, looks a bit like the work experience kid, doesn't he? Who just turned up with absolutely no clue, like an apprentice at a garage that's never seen a spanner. Anyway, that,
10: as they say, is the tea on Holly Willie Booby. I was fortunate to lead a life of privilege when I was born. And here's the privilege I was born. I was privileged to be born in a household that was poor. I was privileged to be born in a household that had almost no material possessions. I was privileged to be lived in a household that was from a hard-working family. And I was privileged to get the example of unconditional love and support from my parents.
6: Eleven minutes to six, and that is the judge. Remember him? Frank Capiro. Isn't he great? I like him. Brought up in a tough family. he says the best thing he says he's privileged I like that man a lot I like him you can find him on YouTube I suppose okay um we're yes, i've got a few things on the boil but i just i'm just sort of we're just trying to figure out dig what we're going to bring them first aren't we so let's 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 just have a wee break for a second and we'll, we'll be back in about a minute
9: why don't you you're black how come you don't believe white privilege exists what you see well because I, I you know i am black in color but i don't have that dark mentality that most black people have clearly i see she said clearly mm-hmm. i see that uh white people have the same struggles and things that we have in that what type of uh, they have to do they make have... their marriages work. They have to uh, make their children help their kids grow up in the right way so that they can earn a living and be in the. But they also have the majority they of their fathers at home, right? And have... the reason for that is starting to change somewhat now. But the reason for that is because they are taking responsibility for that, whereas black men and women are not taking responsibility for that as they did prior to the civil rights movement. Black people are blaming it on their lack of self-control and self-containment. They're blaming it on white people while white people are working hard to keep it going.
6: There we are. I like him too. Uh, Nine minutes away from six o'clock. Now, unfortunately, even COVID sceptics appear to have been seduced by rapid antigen testing. That's the RAT test, also known as lateral flow testing. In fact, some have suggested that a bout of illness that corresponds to a positive result from one of these tests can be presented as evidence that the virus exists, according to Dr. Sam Bailey. She recently responded to one such claim. She also dealt with an issue of these pointless tests back in 2021 when they were rolled out in many countries around the world. Essentially, it's that one indirect test piggybacked on another indirect test, the PCR, with the latter having no established diagnostic validity. This doesn't stop rat researchers from calling the PCR the gold standard and extending the nonsense of the case-demic a bit longer. Put otherwise. Uh, I've just lost my place. Oh, yeah, put otherwise, because this phantom pandemic was built not on the basis of a clinical diagnosis of an illness, but on the fraudulent misapplication of the PCR. A newer, cheaper and easy to use at-home test for purportedly detecting the imaginary SARS-CoV-2 was introduced so that to perpetuate the fear of this phantom illness, and to extend the life of its prescribed narrative. Here in New Zealand, rat is a relatively new phenomenon and it is currently all the rage for those participating in the COVID-19 circus. On the 1st of February this month, the government announced that along with the 5.1 million tests already in the country, New Zealanders will have access to over 55 million rapid antigen tests in the coming two months. Two weeks later, cases of meaningless entity COVID-19 went parabolic. In early March... RAT was said to be detecting, now when was that? March? We're not in March yet. Uh, RAT was said to be detecting 97% of these cases. Was that last year she's talking about there? Uh, By that stage, rapid antigen testing were provided free for all in sundry, and uh, it says here, with many feeling the need to test themselves (laughs) or their children several times a day. Let's hear from Dr. Sam Bailey now on that one there and then that'll take us right up to news time.
5: Who would have thought we'd be asking this question at this stage of the global COVID-19 situation? I'm going to explore some often overlooked fundamental issues. It can be surprising when we scratch beneath the surface and go back to some basic scientific principles. Minor misunderstandings of these principles can magnify dramatically and manifest in all sorts of unexpected ways. I've got a few interesting recent developments to discuss too, so make sure you watch till the end. First of all, we need to be clear that a case is not the same as a clinical diagnosis. Let's go to the medical dictionary to get these definitions right. In general, a clinical diagnosis refers to a diagnosis based on signs, symptoms, and laboratory findings during life. Now, the definition of a case can mean instance of disease in the narrow clinical sense, but in the wider epidemiological sense, it simply means the standard criteria for categorizing an individual as a case while defining cases can certainly help us understand and manage disease outbreaks, we need to be careful when applying case definitions. For example, if the criteria is too broad or non-specific, this can result in too much meaningless data. So how do we make a clinical diagnosis of COVID-19? If we search around the WHO website even though it talks about symptoms and testing, it doesn't appear that there are any formal diagnostic criteria for the disease. Although they do state, a molecular test is used to confirm an active infection and polymerase chain reaction, PCR, is the most commonly used molecular test. You can check out my video here to see the possible problems with using PCR tests for diagnostic purposes. And what do the ever trustworthy Cochrane group have to say? Back in July, they performed a literature review with regards to signs and symptoms used to diagnose COVID-19 and concluded the following. Based on currently available data, neither absence nor presence of signs or symptoms are accurate enough to rule in or rule out disease. It's now almost a year into the situation, and as far as I am aware, we are not much further ahead in this area. In summary, we don't seem to have standardized clinical diagnostic criteria for COVID-19 outside of the PCR test. Signs, symptoms, and other investigations may be recorded, but they are not required. Virus isolation is similarly not required. What about a case definition for COVID-19? The WHO website states that a confirmed COVID-19 case is a person with laboratory confirmation of COVID-19 infection, irrespective of clinical signs and symptoms. Dr. Klaus Kernlein pointed out the problem with defining cases this way in my recent interview with him. He described it as a PCR pandemic. Additionally, a case is technically whatever a health authority says it is, so it can change over time and make comparisons of data meaningless. Useful conclusions can only be drawn when the case definition is consistent and we take into account what it is we are actually defining. We are in a strange situation where in most instances a case can be determined solely by a positive PCR test and the clinical diagnosis is also solely determined by a positive PCR test. You will notice that the requirement of disease is conspicuous by its absence. This is still technically valid under the definition of case, keeping in mind that this can be loosely defined. But in this setting, it should be made clear that the COVID cases refer only to people that had a positive PCR test, nothing more than that. It introduces significant issues when a standalone PCR test is used for the clinical diagnosis of COVID-19 as it becomes disconnected from the concept of disease. But wait, there's more. It is typical in medical and health matters to have some idea of the false positive rate for a test. For example, a pregnancy test would be considered a false positive if there was no actual pregnancy in the setting of a positive pregnancy test. But the way the COVID 19 PCR tests are being used in the population, By definition, there can be no concept of false positives. And as I've discussed in a previous video, I'm not talking about false positive rates reported for SARS-CoV-2 PCR tests from a single isolate in a laboratory setting. I'm talking about using the PCR tests in the population at large. Just to throw another spanner in the works, I'd like to give the microphone to our old friend Dr. Fauci. Now unlike some of us PCR skeptics. Dr. Fauci believes the PCR test is a valid way to confirm COVID-19. But in this interview, he admits that the concept of a positive test is not that simple.
9: Again, a good question. And what is now sort of uh, evolving into a bit of a standard that if you get a cycle threshold of 35 or more that the chances of it being replication competent are minuscule. Mm. So that if somebody, and you know, we do, we have patients, and it's very frustrating for the patients as well as for the physicians. Somebody comes in and they repeat their PCR and it's like 37 cycle threshold. But you never, if you almost never can culture virus yeah. from a 37 threshold cycle. So the, I think if somebody does come in with 37, 38, even 36, you gotta say, you know, it's just, it's just dead nucleotides, period. Mm.
5: The New York Times subsequently reported that the limit for most COVID-19 PCR tests in the US is 37 to 40 cycles. In Europe, labs also work with up to 40 cycles. Here in New Zealand, an official Information Act request has revealed that labs are typically running 40 cycles. Didn't even Dr. Fauci just say those cycle thresholds are too high?